Molly Wood, author of CNET's Buzz Report. And I'm Tom Meredith, author of CNET's The Real Deal. I'm going to start saying star of CNET's Buzz Report because really the video comes out a lot more often than the column. Oh, get <laughs> you your own trainer. <laughs> Why hair not? flip. Insert hair flip here. <laughs> author and star of CNET's Buzz Report. I'll introduce you. How's that? No. And now, author and star oh, no, of no. CNET's... That's just too much. Although impressive. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so Apple getting sued today. I know. Some Nothing turning, new for them. Turning the tables on Mad Dog Steve Jobs. Um, a lawsuit, a class action lawsuit has been filed against Apple on behalf of those who purchased the iPod Nano and then scratched it up. Which I think is their own fault. No, That I'm is an oppressed class. <laughs> people who bought Nanos that and is, scratched that them is, up. These are they the deserve people. justice. <laughs> What so they're suing because it's because the nano can be scratched? Uh, yeah, this too, is a consumer protection suit. Well, they yeah they say that Apple knew that there were these design problems with the nano because the the resin on the nano. So Apple has said that the the nano is made out of the same material that's found in previous right. iPods, this polycarbonate. But the lawsuit says it contained a thinner coating of resin than on previous iPod models. So, so Apple knowingly, knowingly sold a scratchable product. On an unsuspecting public. Yes, but come sold on. on. As the lawsuit points out, it was ultimately irreparable. Crazy Californians. <laughs> that's such garbage. <laughs> like, if you're going to buy a piece of gadgetry that that's expensive, take care of it. Don't stick it in your pocket with your keys and your change. And Well, well no, 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 no. I have to say, I mean... I think there is a cause for disappointment. I don't yes. know if it's I can understand enough that. for a class and action also, suit. And I will I say that. Get over it. I will say, though, that if these are people who have owned previous iPods, and that is the way that they've become accustomed to treat... Let me be clear. I don't think they should be suing over it. However, if you've become accustomed to being able to use your iPod in a certain way and not have it be damaged, and then all of a sudden you buy one and you do the same old things that you always used to do with every other generation iPod you've owned, and it's a lot because we're on like nine... And all of a sudden it gets scratched up right away, like day one. It's, you know, I, I can see that there's some disappointment there. You should be able to take it back and get your money back. And in fact, I have a Nano at home. I didn't I have an, an Apple loaner Nano that we've been using mm -hmm. for PR. And that thing was like scratched out of the box. Yeah, but I'm talking from setting like, it down on a table, not like putting it in a pocket. You should be able to bring it back. Say, hey, this thing is, yeah. you know, I mean, it should be like the PSP and the dead pixels. You should be able, you know, I don't yeah. think anybody I don't think sued it's, them. It's definitely not suable. Although I guess, if I guess. If the dead pixels aren't suable, then well, I don't now, think this is. Hold on. If you should be able to bring it back, but then Apple says, no, we're not going to do anything for you because that's scratched. I right. guess your only recourse is something like that. Yeah, but. Do you really? Well, and I guess the question is, are you entitled to a recourse? If well, you buy I, I, a product that turns out to not be that great, but it still works okay? Well, because of what you just said, which is you had the expectation that you were buying something based right. on the other things. So you should be able to go, hey, this this is not what I you what I was expecting. Right. I need recourse. You well, should have the recourse from the company. You should have some recourse, I think. The, the question is whether we'll see, like, whether you're legally entitled to expectation, I guess, is what this lawsuit will prove. Or not proof. Well, in California, you are. In California and Ohio. So this is where all the class action lawsuits always get uh, become victorious. Yes. It was filed here, but it was filed by attorneys in Seattle and Columbus, Ohio. Higgins, Berman, Sobel, and Shapiro. I just want to point out that they weren't all... It seems like all the... the crazy Ohio. They weren't all crazy Californians. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, you know Ohio. Lawsuit. I'm sure that Mad Dog will quickly put the kibosh on that lawsuit, and there will be some sort of settlement, and the nano owners will still have scratched up nanos, and that'll be the end of that. 
All right. So on to the Blu-ray train. Yes. Seems to be our, our, our latest theme. Yes. Uh, Warner Brothers yesterday announced their plans to produce high-definition DVDs in both the Blu-ray and HD DVD standard. They had said they were going to do HD DVD before, and yesterday they said, Matt, we're going to do it in Blu-ray too. Yeah. So further... John... For, furthering the uh, the Forrester research assertion that Blu-ray is going to win. Ted may be right. And our own John Falcone um, of home theater editor fame says that uh, the events of this week actually do seem to have HD DVD on the ropes. Well, and here's something that we sort of we sort of missed. Yes, Blu-ray is not backward compatible, as we've discussed. Right. But people will be making DVD players that play multiple formats just yeah. as they do now. You yeah. can buy a DVD player now that plays a VCD or a DVD-RW or a CD. Exactly. And so they'll be able to make a DVD player that will play a Blu-ray and an old DVD. Right. And, you know, John they probably that won't combine well. both of those. But. And so you won't necessarily have the same hardware issues. Although John does point out that current Blu-ray devices, the ones that already exist but are only in Japan won't be able to play any of the future pre-recorded Blu-ray movies that come out in 2006, which is kind of interesting because they will have so much copy protection attached to them. It's the DRM. And um, Falcone also wants us to note that uh, the advantages of HD DVD. So now Universal is the only major studio that is exclusively backing HD DVD. All the rest of them have said, we're going to do both. We got to hedge our bets. And Universal is what? They're like NBC and... Universal Pictures, yeah. and so they're a big chunk. Yeah, they're but I mean they're only one. They're yeah. only one studio out of, and they'll fall. You know, five or ten. They'll, they'll fall yeah. in line. So he says the big advantages were going to be that it was first to market because of the backward compatibility with the factories, and that it was going to be cheaper to produce. But now apparently they have pushed back that hardware to Q1 2006, so it won't really beat Blu-ray to market by that much. By enough and, to make a difference, right? Yeah. And he points out if it's so easy to press them, why the delay? Mm. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Look, you know what? It may be Blu-ray after all. You know, but the, you know what's going to be really interesting is that people aren't going to call it Blu-ray. I'm just mad at Blu-ray because of the DRM stuff. Yeah, people aren't going to call it Blu-ray. They're going to call it those new DVDs. Yeah, and then there'll be HD DVD, and that'll confuse people. Yes. Yeah. Maybe. As Jeff uh, pointed out in a call, which we can't play because he's an Astros fan. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> oh. Tom is a Cardinals fan. Sorry, Jeff. No, uh, so Jeff. <laughs> Good try. Uh, Jeff pointed out that he, he thinks it's silly to call, you know, say, grab me a Blu-ray. Right. Well, yeah, they'll call them DVDs. I mean, yeah. come on. Um, the DRM question actually really quickly. Well, we'll come back to that because I want to talk about Flock first. Okay. Yeah, that, <laughs> I downloaded. This is a new browser that if you go to anything that covers technology today, anywhere on the web, you're going to get a raving review of Flock. Flock. Flock, the new browser that gives a taste of Web 2.0, says our own news.com. Yes. Here at CNET. I, myself, have referred to it at CNET.com as the A-bomb in the browser wars. And it, <laughs> I'm, I'm about to, to rain on the parade, but let me just say that I think it still has potential for all of the things that people are saying about it. But I, I, just, I just downloaded and installed it, and it doesn't do anything that I don't already do in Mozilla yet. It's a well, developer release. It's not yes. even. It's between alpha and beta. So it's a developer release, but it's going to do more. Tell me, and what, it has the what, potential to do more. That's what I just said. <laughs> I said it still has the know. potential to to do all of these. Okay, things. Okay, well, what but, does Mozilla do that it doesn't? Like, what about the integration with Delicious and how you can just click the little star and add it to your Delicious? It's. The, I can do the exact same thing in Mozilla. Add, oh, well, you just add the button. Yeah. That's true. It's not as built in. And I can, I mean, and it has an integrated blog posting interface, which is really cool looking, but I can just click a bookmark and go to my blog and post. So 
Mm. That doesn't, and the RSS integration is the same as I, I can get with a plugin. So it's, it's starting, right? I mean, it's, it's a developer's release. So I think what, what I'm worried about is people are going to see this and like, I should go get Flock and well, they yeah. should know. And Flock actually does a very good job of warning people like, this is a developer's release. Yes, okay, this is 0.5. Obvious. This isn't even, you know, this isn't even a beta release yet. So. What, I, what I'm excited about with Flock is that it creates a vision of the future for the web browser, which is like integrated. Wow. All of it is right there. And it's not like the web can do so much more. What, what I found in reading about Flock and thinking about what browsers should be as opposed to what they are is that I felt kind of mad about even getting sucked into a discussion of whether Firefox is better than Internet Explorer or is better than Opera or is better than like Maxthon, some skin fry and some, you know, whatever. All the million different things when instead I should have been saying, you know what? My browser is just a little baby window on the old web and it needs to be a better window that brings in all the elements of the new web. Like Flock is going to have drag and drop support for uploading images to Flickr, for example. I love the idea that I'll be able to just click my one little button, pick my blog tool of choice and start blogging from right in my web browser and that my RSS stuff will be right there instead of like some other awkward feed or, you know, it's true. I think Flock doesn't do it all now, but reading about it, I think what pe- what has gotten people so excited is the idea that browsers can do so much more than they're currently doing. Well, I, I, I sort of disagree with that because my thing with Flock is that I can do everything it does in my current browser. What the difference is, is that Flock is going to come with it all integrated. So you don't have to go and build it all yourself. Do you, you don't have, have a special have to Flickr button. Well, I don't use Flickr, so <laughs> why would I need that? Well, but then you can't do that. What if I want to have Text America? But that's always the argument. Like I can do all that stuff now, but if they come along and they say, "Hey, you should be able to do that better. You should be able to do it well, all in one place." That's my evaluation. Is so far not better. Well, I still okay. had to go to Delicious and do all the same things I did in Mozilla to get it to work. Yeah, but. I'm willing to give it the chance at least to, to prove that it can deliver on the Delicious, promise. by the way, is a social bookmarking service in case we could throw <laughs> that around without explaining. It. <laughs> you guys are delicious. All, That's huh? kind of weird. Anyway, right. I right. think it, I, I am excited. I'm fired up. You should be. About Flock. You should be. I just don't want people to go expect it to be there yet. Yeah. No, I think that's true. Don't, don't expect it to be there yet. But you know what? What you should do is expect more from your browser. Maybe quit fighting so hard about how Firefox is so much better than IE and say, you know what? There's a lot more that Firefox could be doing and Mozilla could be doing and IE should be doing. And it, you know what? If you really feel that way, go out and do it. Well, yeah. Because you can you can make add-ons. You could be the next flock. You could be. Uh, are, is the internet dying this morning? I don't know. I saw a lot of a lot of stuff about Vario and Level 3 having problems with root access. They're one of the backbone. They're two of the backbones of the internet. Uh, but I never saw any problems with the internet here, so I think it may have been East Coast and Europe earlier today. Yeah, I haven't really seen anything except the one um, post, the first post on Slashdot in response to the story, which said, could be good, maybe I'll get some work done today for a change, which uh-huh. is hilarious yeah. and that so was true. on Slashdot at 7.45 a.m., so. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't, they're not messing around. So if that person's listening, let us know <laughs> if you got any work done. Hey, so um, Meg Whitman says she has kind of a reason for buying Skype. I don't quite understand what it is, but it has something to do with how... From eBay? Yeah, from eBay. CEO of eBay. Uh, has something to do with how web phone calls will eventually be free. 
because carriers will make money on advertising or transaction fees and it'll be it'll be so internet calling will be this part of this package of services and all your calls will be free and so the people who have a big stake in that now are going to be poised to do some stuff yeah um I maybe this I read this story like 10 times could be fantastic right. could be absolutely horrible if anybody can make I mean, a phone call for free well no i mean if if i have to if i can make a phone call for free but the price is i have to listen to a 30 second commercial every time i want to make a call yeah no i mean I know. it depends on how they do it yes it totally depends and what are the transaction fees yeah and who pays them i I'm, is it f- i didn't quite get the transaction fee part i yeah. assume that was part of something else not the calls because then they wouldn't be free right because exactly then they so, wouldn't be free and i definitely don't want ads in my calls i don't know i didn't understand i think that that meg and this is kind of interesting because she meg whitman made these um comments during a the, co- the company's quarterly conference call when analysts were like hey why did you guys buy skype basically and her explanation I, i'm not sure she, she characterized it as a land grab in an emerging technological field which i think we all knew it was we just still don't really understand why ebay wants to be in that particular well she says the price whatever. that anyone can provide for voice transmission on the net will trend towards zero so that's not exactly free either no plus that doesn't even make any sense we'll trend towards zero. that's that's ceo ish well CEO-ese. and anything could, you know five dollars a minute could be trending towards zero if everybody else was charging a lot more i mean <laughs> My interest in this story is trending towards zero. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the nano car then real quick. Okay, I love the nano car. Because it's small, we have to talk about it real quick. Yeah, it's really, um, really small. The uh, the folks at Rice University have built a nano car. This is nano size, right? We're talking mm-hmm. about nanometers with buckyball wheels. <laughs> so they use buckyballs as the wheels. And a little car can drive around. It's got a transmission. Uh-huh. And it can carry it's got molecules. Axles. It has buckyball wheels. Yeah, yes, the wheels awesome? are buckyballs. Buckyballs. That is amazing. It's insane. Spheres of pure carbon containing sixty atoms apiece. In case you were wondering what a, a buckyball is, um, the car itself, the entire car measures just three to four nanometer, nanometers. The full nanometers. The full research across nanometers. Yeah. It is slightly wider than a strand of DNA. The full research <laughs> paper is to appear in the upcoming issue of the journal Nano Letters. Get your subscription today. Love it. Love it. Um, On to email real quick, like. Or do you want to do calls first? Uh, Yeah, let's let's do do calls calls. first. I want Um, to hear from Trip. Yeah, we haven't heard from Trip in a while. What's up, Trip? Hey, Tamara, this is Trip. Uh, I'm calling to actually agree with uh, the whole interview uh, bit that uh, that you all brought up. I mean, if you're interested in the the topic, it's great, and you get to listen to somebody... uh, in the know kind of delve into some interesting topics otherwise it's pretty much uh, you wait all day and, and then you're just stuck with you know listening to somebody talk about something you're you either already know a lot about or you're just not interested in so you know i think uh maybe you could throw out the interviews uh when you get the chance and do the podcast i know it's asking a lot of you especially with your busy schedules and all but uh you know you have a rabid fan base what can i say so Get to work and crank out the uh, regular buzz report instead and or, uh, I guess, uh, along with the interviews. So keep up the good work. Bye, guys. Brilliant. Uh, spit it out there, Trip. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trip, man, just say it. Um, yeah, that's a good dude, idea. Dude, that is such a good idea. We got a lot of feedback in response to our question about whether you guys like interviews. Um, as an aside, Jeff, you know who you are. 
dude, we only needed one email. Yeah. We read them all. You don't need to send it five one, times. One man, one vote. I think your anger about the interviews is a little over the top. <laughs> uh, but I think Tripp's idea is a great one because those of you who do like the interviews really like them. And we should be taking better advantage of our medium and just putting them out as bonuses. All right. One more call from Andrew. Hi, Tom. Hi, Molly. Andrew McNeil again from The Fox Show, uh, one of the tech podcast shows. The I, I had to call back after listening to more of the show because, you know, one, one point... Tom, you're, you're, you're bang on right on this. And, geez, I can't believe, Molly, I'm completely disagreeing with you all the time on this, and I usually agree with you on this. But, no, the DRM and that kind of thing, that's not capitalism. And, Tom, I think you're absolutely right. That is mercantilism, and it's a very good way of describing it because these guys just have their heads up while you know where. The final comment on Braxton, well, maybe the reason why everybody covers Apple and not Microsoft, and I'm a Microsoft user here, is because Apple ships something. How long have we been waiting for Longhorn? And I'm talking about shipping something that's actually out there. It's not a beta. It's a product. Granted, they have to fix it every couple of weeks, but at least they get it out there. Anyways, great show, guys. Well, of course, I like this call because he agreed with me, but yes. I think it's a good point. No, I think Especially it is a good... Especially about the Apple stuff. is pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's hilarious. Although, he makes the other good point that sometimes, often, it's broken when they ship it. <laughs> Oops, but oh. at least they ship. Uh, yeah. It's not like that's Microsoft has never shipped that's a broken a product. That's a mixed blessing. Um, DRM, not capitalism. You're right. And Tom is right. I reconsidered all of that, and you guys are both right. And in fact, um, Walt Mossberg, which I referred to earlier, has a really great column in yesterday's Wall Street Journal, oh, which yeah. is now available for free because his columns are free the day after, no subscription required, about um, DRM just being way too restrictive. Even Walt gets it, folks. Even Walt gets it. He calls for a very broad interpretation of copyright law as it applies to consumers, including the ability and right to be able to trade digital media files with, like, your family mm. or your spouse. Bringing the family together. Yeah, you know, yeah. not treating us like criminals. Well, and this, this brings up the uh, the oboe thing that yes. you, that you mentioned. Yes, this um, is very interesting. DVD John, you know, the guy who... Love DVD, DVD John. Love DVD John, is, uh, has paired up with Michael Robertson? Yeah. Um, former creator of mp3.com on a new product called... Not so excited about Michael. Myself. Oboe. I don't really understand that, but we could talk about it later. Uh, to, that would be a competitor to iTunes Music Store and be an online legal music download store in mp3 format only. If he does it, It'll be beautiful. If he does it, it'll be awesome. This is Michael also promised that he was going to toss Windows out by with his Lindos desktop, and that didn't quite work out the way it planned. Well, but, yeah, but I don't think that makes it a bad idea necessarily. No, it's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, so that was. Oh, uh, well, John Falcone emailed good. us. <laughs> it's almost as if he was listening to us while we were recording. Interesting. Uh, he said, once the spec is finalized, all 2006 players, including the PS3, should be fine. As oh, far as yes. Compatibility. Because he mentioned in that earlier email that one of the only things that could derail Blu-ray at this point was the delay of the PlayStation 3, because that is going to be like the massive delivery mechanism for Blu-ray. So I had emailed him and said, hey, well, so does that mean it will, will or will not be able to play? future discs all right one last email i want to answer from g haber or haber mm -hmm. uh he he asked uh in regards to the ICANN interview uh with esther dyson since when did anyone control the internet <laughs> well this is a uh, point of confusion that we we must clarify yes ICANN doesn't control the internet right. itself ICANN is the administrative body over the assigning of addresses 
So it's sort of like the post office of the internet in a way. They right. they they govern how they govern three things basically. The internet protocol addresses, those IP addresses like 123.1 that you see sometimes. They also uh govern another naming system that's a little less public and a little less important, but the big one that causes all the controversy is they govern domain names, which are the things mm-hmm. you type in like cnet.com that redirect you to an IP address that gets you to a computer. So well, and that's where all the controversy is coming from because think, they govern that portion right. of the internet. And what Esther was saying is, in part, that wanting to try to assert control over the internet by having control of ICANN is like wanting to, like the UN saying that they were going to assert control over U.S. business practices, international U.S. business practices, by taking control of the trademark office. Yeah, or right. You right. Know? It would be akin to that. Yeah, U- and UN didn't say that. Well, don't no, start no, no. looking for the black helicopters. They did not say but that. it would be as if they said right. that. So. There is that. Um, one thing, going back quickly to Andrew, that he did, he said in an earlier call to us, is oh, right, he yeah. said DRM is not capitalism, that I just want to come back to. He mentioned um, that we forgot in our splogging story to talk about comment spam on blogs, which is where they use the comment field to put links to the poker sites and all of that. And I just want to say that I personally quit blogging. I had to stop blogging because my site was so overrun with comment spam that it wouldn't even load anymore we fixed it it's fixed there's right, a fix so you were making fun of people yesterday with blogspot accounts you're saying that's not really blogging i didn't make you don't fun host of your them. own thing no I, I i have a blogspot account and i almost took personal offense because yeah, i, I am definitely too, geeky I <laughs> we are definitely geeky and we have blogspot accounts well, but all right but the whole common spam thing spam thing drove me nuts at first but then like he said if you just take the little image thing where you have to write in the letters yeah. It solved the whole thing. But you know what? We For I, we have a blog that has that, and somehow comment spam has started creeping through. I wonder if that's not I think bots and if that's actual people. Maybe. Because you're yeah. high profile some, enough some that army. that might be actual people. Oh, no. I'm talking about a little baby, baby, little baby, baby personal blog. blog that like eight people have read. Uh-huh. Yeah. We've uh-huh. been investigating. Like secret Mollywood Oh, people are at their blog. search <laughs> engines right now, aren't you they? You'll never find it. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> all right and enough. that's the point of a blog is to never be found all right we're jam we jam packed it today yes we did so, uh don't forget to email us buzz at cnet.com or give us a call at 1-800-800-1800-616-DNET talk to you later bye, bye.